Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zen Up, a podcast produced by Some Very Press's Book Speak Network, and you are on Episode 4. I am your host, Susan Kiskis. In the show, we bring two worlds together, wellness and spirituality. From yoga to Buddhism, healthy eating to turning dreams into reality, listeners will find themselves on a journey into their own virtual spiritual pilgrimage. If you want to continue the conversation after the show, visit my Facebook page, Yogic Living with Susan, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at susankisskiss.com. If you love this podcast and you like variety in your podcast, you might want to check out the Book Speak Network here on Blog Talk Radio. Sunbury Press has other great shows to appeal to those who are interested in mysteries, horror, and author interviews. So, let's get started. Our guest today is filmmaker Georgia West an award-winning editor of feature documentaries, including The Lightbulb Conspiracy and A Crude Awakening. She is the director and editor for the award-winning documentary Mantra, Sounds into Silence, that was released in March of this year in the United States and is scheduled for release in Europe in June. The film explores the music and the wonderful social phenomenon of chanting. Georgia, welcome to Zen Up. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Thank you. Good, thank you. Thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate that. Thanks. And congratulations on the success of your film. Uh, so it looks like you've already won awards at the Illuminate Film Festival, Maui Film Festival, and the San- Santa Fe Film Festival. You must feel so rewarded Santa for your hard work and vision. Well, we were nominated, but yeah. You're nominated? Wonderful. That's fantastic. So yeah. this, for, this film is born from um, how Kirtan was such a powerful tool for you. And I'm wondering if you can share um, today with me some of the ways you got involved in the Bhakti Yoga community, Kirtan community. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's actually quite a while ago, about eight years ago. Um, I was, uh, well, first of all, I'm a filmmaker, I mean a film editor and I was working quite a lot on music videos and also during the time I lived in New York I was working for MTV and VH1 and uh, so I've always had an interest in music films and uh, about uh, it's about 10 years ago now a very close friend of mine got cancer and uh, through five years I kind of accompanied her through that process and this is the time when I got to know devotional music very well because it helped me extremely helped me a lot in that process of accompanying her and finding strength to accompany her as well so in that time i listened a lot to the music of deva prema miten and lama guillaume who's also in the film he's from france uh, maybe people don't know him so well in the u.s and uh, i just noticed how profound that music touched me so um you know when i was working as an editor i kept thinking it'd be so beautiful to make a music film about this music that has inspired and has has helped me so much and uh, that's how the idea came together 
And um, getting to know Kirtan actually came later. That came within the process of making the film because in the beginning I wasn't quite sure what it was. All I knew was a very meaningful message behind it. But uh, then that whole journey uh, started when we started filming and I got to know different artists and I got to know the whole Kirtan communities and what it's all about and that was really exciting. So the film then uh, became more about uh, chant, well, chanting and mantra, but also about the movement in the West. And uh, that's what it became in the end after five years of working on the film. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fantastic. I'm thinking about how in, in having the film you know, take a five-year process from the initial desire to want to share something that you felt was meaningful yeah. to you until the final, you know, the final interviews were done. I almost imagine, uh, because I haven't seen it, it hasn't come to my area, although I'm trying to get it to this area, um, but I can only oh, imagine yeah. that from a, <laughs> yeah, um, from a perspective of someone who's watching it, they probably had an opportunity to almost like learn and grow with you through the film. Have, have you felt like there's that thread there where you're almost like taking people who are also just learning about what uh, mantra is and chanting and kirtan, and they kind of mm-hmm. learn with you through the film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what's uh, that was kind of the idea. It's like I really want to explore this myself. It's you know it's a kind of a new phenomenon, and uh, as many people kind of see it as maybe something esoteric, something you know a bit hippie or something. So I I kind of went on to see what exactly is going on. What does it mean? Why has it become so popular? Uh, demystify it in a way as well for people. And I really tried very hard to make it for somebody who knows nothing about it. You know so. Even somebody who knows doesn't know so much about India or you know or Hinduism or whatever can see this film and uh, it's accessible and that was one of my main motives behind it to really share what the what it's about what mantra what kirtan is about what the communal singing is about and uh, yeah so I kind of went to all different places um, filmed well, lots of different people and from different countries and uh, different spiritual paths, and uh, that's how the film developed. So for those of you that are listening today, and if you did not catch my um, interview with David Newman and you're very new to the concept of what bhakti yoga is or kirtan or chanting, um, in the Bhagavad Gita, um, uh, Lord Krishna, who's one of the main characters in that, he actually breaks down yoga into even finer details. Um, and one of the groups then is bhakti yoga, and that's the yoga of devotion. And through that practice, part of it is actually reciting mantras and doing what's called japa mala um, meditation. So you're repeating uh, names of the divine over and over again. Um, there's even then, you know, Sanskrit phrases that are called mantras that are supposed to have very uh, big healing qualities that ancient rishis who lived in like the jungles and the forests uh, and caves of India had seen us as that you repeat these for certain benefits. And so kirtan is something that several hundred years ago um, there was um, a saint that had started kind of reviving this, if you will, and it's the process of incorporating these mantras with um, with music. And um, as Georgia said, this is kind of something that's you know David and I were talking about has really been around for quite a while in the United States, but it seems like in the past six years, at least in this country, there has been a huge surge. Have you seen the same also like when you've been going through Russia and Greece and um, France when you've been, when you were filming your um, documentary? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's because it's just become so much more accessible now because I think before what happened is, you know, you would, 
either join an ashram or you had a certain guru and or a temple and you'd go and you sing the mantras and you'd be in community there. But what I think has happened, it's just opened up much more. And, um, you know, so you, many people can just go to any type of kirtan. It doesn't really matter what the spiritual faith behind it is. It's really more just about the singing together, singing these vibrational mantras together. And so that's why I think it's opened up for so many more people and a lot more people are, are doing it. You know? And it's also, I think it's based also on the yoga movement. I think the yoga movement, like yoga schools, would start doing kirtans on a weekly basis. Some yoga schools do that. And uh, so it just became more accessible to people. And I think people are really excited about it because um, in our societies today, we hardly come together and sing anymore. You know, it's something that's got a bit lost. Maybe people were doing that in church before, and so less people may be going to church today. And it's a new way of of being together and singing together is kirtan now. And I think it's 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 really exciting. <laughs> it's a really exciting new phenomenon because um, yeah, because I think it's something that we've lost in society, just being together and singing together and. Um, just being in harmony together with no goal, you know, so it's um, it's a beautiful thing. I love that perspective of the fact that there is this longing that's inside of us to have that community and that connection and, and to be together and sing together. And the one thing that um, you've probably experienced then as you were traveling that I have as well is that I could hop into a kirtan in India mm-hmm. or I could go to, you know, France or in Canada, and one thing is, as soon as I walk into a kirtan, even though I don't speak the language per se, I suddenly understand everything that's going on. You know, there is that unity there that everyone's on the same page. We know this mantra. We know that way that we're going to be singing it, or it makes me feel. And it, it crosses, I believe, you know, international boundaries, as it is all about the yeah. heart and your soul and, and that community. And I love that you have that observation. Um, so now... When you've been traveling, and and I'm sure you've been doing a lot of interviews as well with people who have had that experience of being with community and chanting kirtan, not necessarily the artists, but on the receiving end, um, have you seen any transformational mm-hmm. or heard any transformational stories similar to your own? Uh, other transformational stories of other people? Oh, many, many. <laughs> many, yeah. many. Very strong very strong uh, statements as well, you know, like Kirtan saved my life, Mantra Singh has saved my life. And I, and I don't know, I just, my, through my own experience, I can kind of understand such strong, strong statements, you know, because um, it's, it's, it's such a sense, it gives you such a sense of freedom when you can be with people. It's exactly what you just described. It's like you can, you can enter a whole new group of people. You might not know anybody, but you feel such unity with them through the music, through the vibrations of the mantra, through the, through the singing. And that's just such a beautiful um, feeling, and it's such a, a peace between everybody. And to feel that is so nurturing for us. And I think, um, I think it's that this feeling of nurturing and this feeling of peace and uh, with everybody else that's that's just so strong and it i don't know it's many people have said it's really saved my life so i've had yeah quite a few people saying things like that and even in your interview with Krishna Das which you can see um you can hear the snippet in the in the trailer he even himself mm-hmm. said that he had to start chanting with others in order to to save his mm-hmm. life that was his path to sobriety 
Um, Mm -hmm. It is remarkable to hear these wonderful stories. Did that continue to evolve and change the story that you were telling in this documentary as you heard from more people? Or did that just really kind of give you the the strength to continue on month after month, year after year, interview after interview? No, I think it really gave me the strength because I really realized this is really something very meaningful. It provides so much healing for people. People are feeling getting connection, you know, feeling connection. Uh, I don't know, maybe people that maybe had took drugs or were depressed or something, you know, they really, through that regular practice of chanting with people, they really found connection again. And it's, um, you know, it's so deep inside you. It's like when you, when you feel that, it's hard to undo that again, you know, so it really gives them an inner strength of finding an inner anchor that you can always relate back to again. And it's so simple you know so i i i just love that whole message because you can always chant a mantra by yourself as well and you can feel connected again once you've had that experience so um yeah it's uh many of the other artists also said you know i'm not doing this really for myself you know <laughs> i mean i mean they are doing it for themselves you know so they they need it they need it more than than maybe the other people need it you know so it's it's nice because people are singing together and at the same time everybody might go be going through a different emotion, but in a way we're kind of healing each other. You know, everybody has maybe their own kind of emotion that comes up. It might be tears, might be laughter, might be fear, but we're kind of like a group therapy almost, you know. So it's um and in a very safe, held place because it's um yeah, because everybody's kind of going inwards and uh it's hard to explain really. Really it's kind of it's, it's hard to explain, but it's a, it's a very beautiful experience. I'm saying so <laughs> you had this. You're, no, this is wonderful. I'm really. You have so many beautiful things to share, and I'm thinking also, and I'm wondering how much of even your exploration had inspired um, your first interview. Um, so, by you know, from um, learning a little bit more about this process that you've been in, I understand that you had this very impactful experience and decided to explore it through documentary. Um, and the mm-hmm. person that you reached out to first was Deva Premal and Mitten, correct? Yes, that's right. That was and then, so can you tell me a little bit about? Can you explain or tell us a little bit about how that process evolved from that initial um, concept of what you wanted to accomplish to that first interview, and then how it kind of grew from there? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I kind of just wanted to make a music documentary about devotional music, about mantra. And um, my first inspiration with that music and the music that helped me so much through my own process um, was Deva Prima Meet. And so I contacted them back in 2011. I got in touch with their manager, and um, that was just the very first contact. And I actually spoke to them about the film a year late in 2012. And in 2013, we had a little kind of trailer uh, filming, like a test filming, uh, three days, and um, we did the interviews. And I always already knew then that we definitely also want to include Krishna Das and Snatham Kaur. And fortunately, actually, that in 2013 in Barcelona, they, you know, everybody also comes to, to to sing here, and they all came within like that same year. So we were able to film mm. with Krishna Das, Snatham Kaur, and Deva Prama meeting all in one year, and that that gave us the footage to make a trailer. And, uh, and it just continued growing from there. And I then I also realized this is more than just 
devotional music, this is also a music movement. And within this music movement is also all these other artists that are doing like um, soul kirtan, um, MC Yogi, you know, his hip hop version of it. And um, uh, or is, uh, so I thought this, this film is also about how Western people are adapting it to their style of music because, you know, it's hard for us maybe to listen to the classical Indian kirtan. Um, so I'm just amazed how other artists have picked it up and used their style of music, transformed it. But it's also, it's, you know, it's more accessible to us now. But, you know, I think the effect is exactly the same. And... Um, yeah, so the, music, the film actually then became also more about the different music styles, the different places where it's practiced, and about people's experiences about it. And so then in, um, you also had then a crowdfunding campaign in order to, uh, mm-hmm. to evolve this, this documentary, correct? Mm-hmm. That was in 2015 then- after we'd done that filming, yeah. And then did you find that I don't know how much detail you want, but uh, I actually know in the very beginning we tried to do it like the regular way, like you go to film festivals. We were also invited to these few places and you pitch it and you get hopefully some government funding and some television channels on board and that's kind of how you finance it. And that was quite took a long time because, you know, we had to write treatments of almost 50 pages. You had to kind of imagine what the film was, which I wasn't really sure what it was, actually. And it was a very difficult one to pitch because it had this, is this a religious film? Is it a spiritual film? People didn't really know what it is because this music is kind of new here. And, uh, you know, so no TV channel really actually uh, came on board with us. Uh, for that reason, I think. And so um, at a certain point, you know, after trying for quite a while, we thought, okay, let's, you know, the crew that I had already involved loved the project. Everybody wanted to make this film happen. So we decided to do crowdfunding, which allowed us to pay for the extra filming we did and for the editing. And uh, everybody just kind of worked, um, you know, without being paid. And that's that's kind of how we how we managed to get it together and, and make the film <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, one of my, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but one of my husband's favorite film directors, he is, uh, he does a lot of indie films, um, very well respected in the film community. He has a tendency mm-hmm. to, you know, work on a tight budget, but is, doesn't get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of money from producers. So everybody volunteers their time to create uh, this piece because of how much they believe in him and his vision. And it sounds like you had that mm-hmm. exact same support with that, yeah. know, that your crew was just really into the message. And then it sounds like probably from your, your crowdfunding campaign, then you really inspired others who really wanted to be part of this movement. Yes, exactly. Like uh, many people were inspired by it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's still always, you know, you always have to have the, the sound mixing, the color correcting. There's always these, there is always these six costs, you know, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful to create a film with that energy, with really people wanting to be there and wanting to do it. And there's a lot of heart in it, you know, the, the crew people we, we met. And uh, also what was really interesting is we had a sound person with us who knew yoga. I actually met him in yoga class, <laughs> but he was, didn't really know what Kirtan was. And... Um, yeah, just seeing his reactions and how he got to know the music. And, uh, you know, he, at the end of the trip, uh, he was telling me, I have a big problem now. I can't listen to normal music anymore. <laughs> 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 because 
he's, you know, he's, he's like a DJ and has all this cool music. And now the only thing he wanted to listen to was Nina Rao's Hanuman Chalisa. <laughs> so, no, we had, uh, we had really nice experiences like that. So people who already knew, like Wari Om is actually a very famous yoga photographer. And uh, it's another nice story. I don't know if you want me to get into these details, but at the very beginning of the project, I was kind of Googling a yoga photographer because I felt like we need somebody who knows, has a sensibility for this project. And uh, Varian, who has done a lot of photography for all the yoga journals in different places in the world, uh, his uh, pictures stood out right away. And I get in touch with him and it turns out that he lives here in Barcelona, a little bit outside, you know, so there's yeah. quite a lot of synchronicity. And we met, and of course he loved the project, and uh, he's been with it with his whole heart for, for, yeah, for the, throughout the whole time. And also we were extremely lucky because Vari travels quite a lot, so um, we have a lot of footage from different places in the world. And I, I wasn't there, you know, because we couldn't afford for us all to go everywhere. But um, we were very fortunate to have him on board. And um, yeah, so it's a really nice way how that puzzle, how the picture came together. <laughs> And so then the um, so again you had you know your uh, head filming in the United States and in and Greece and in Russia and then of course in India in in Brindavan mm-hmm. and Rishikesh and uh, you were also in Kathmandu. Um, can you share a little bit about the experiences that you've had there when filming and then also um, if there's I, I've observed this so I'm just curious too because you touched on it a bit the the differences between chanting in in India the homeland you know, of, of Kirtan mm-hmm. versus the other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but as I said, I actually didn't, I wasn't with him. I wasn't there all the time. He actually went to Vrindavan, Rishikesh and uh, Kathmandu. I went to film a workshop with Krishna Das in Mumbai. That's, that's, that's the one I did. And um, it, I can't really answer that question properly because the workshop in Mumbai was with was singing with Krishna dance, so we were doing it well in with the Western. You know what I mean? It wasn't like traditional mm-hmm. um, kirtan like that. But I mean, Vari shot f- f- uh, footage of um, um, traditional kirtan in Vrindavan, and it's in the film. But I actually wasn't there, so he, he's the one to ask that question, maybe. <laughs> so, so from his footage, also like I think interviewing, um, you know, Garavani, who is not as mm-hmm. well known in the Kirtan community as, or I should say in the general yoga community as Krishna Das. You know, Krishna Das is, I think, one of those staple names that once you start to be open to devotional music, his, his name pulls out. Garavani, you know, grew up in uh, the Hare Krishna community in the ashram, and, and a lot of his music is very um, traditional. And he's another one. I think he does mm-hmm. a pilgrimage in Vrindavan every year and, and is in Mumbai, I think, if not every year, um, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess based on the interview with him and then some of the footage that you saw, did you also, can you speak a little bit more to um, the differences that you've seen, you know, between, let's say, the India footage and the United States footage or the, you know, uh, kirtans in Greece or the kirtans in Barcelona or in Paris? Um, is, is there also like a difference in sound or expression? Well, yeah, the sound maybe it's different. It also depends on the instruments because um, maybe they, somebody uses more the tabla and the harmonium that immediately sounds very Indian, you know, so if you're adding a guitar or bass in there, it sounds Western. But I really feel with, because when you're chanting and the, through the 
beat and the rhythm and the repetition of the mantra. And I, for me, I really think the effect or the depth of it is really the same. You know, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mantras just do their work in a way as well. You know, so yes, I, I think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily how you bring it over. I mean, it's just the point is that people connect and uh, go into this meditative state, you know, or have this transformative experience. And um, for me, I would have that in a soul kirtan with C.C. White, or I'd have that in a more traditional, with, with, well, actually Gorovani doesn't only do traditional kirtan either. He does a all different styles, and that's another thing which I really like, because when I, um, one of the first places we went to film, actually before the crowdfunding, was the Omega Ecstatic Chant, and there is where I met Gauravani, and there is where I met all different people, and I realized this is wonderful, because you have Krishna Das and Jayutal, kind of Maharaji followers, and there's Deva Premamita, and come from the Osho um, the followers, there's uh, Kundalini Yoga people and then the Hare Krishna people and everybody's coming together at these festivals, the same as Bhakti Festival, the same thing happens and I just think it's beautiful that there's all these people from these different spiritual strands and everybody's together in celebration and they jam together and wow, you know, it's, it's, um, that was uh, a great, great experience. So I don't really think it's, I don't know. I think it's the, the effect of the kirtan is the same if it's done in this way or that way. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I thought was really interesting is that I was talking with someone re- recently who lives in Allahabad, and you know he was using himself mm-hmm. and his family as an example. And he was saying, you know, when it comes to the Hindu culture, the Hindu religion, that it doesn't matter how you pray or you worship, you are still a Hindu. And he's saying, you know, saying how his mother and his aunt get up every morning and they, you know, make breakfast, they feed their deities, uh, you know, they dress them, get them ready for the day, and, and they have, you know, this whole puja process at the end of the day. And he's saying he doesn't, mm-hmm. but it's still all the same, right? And I love mm-hmm. that because it also goes along with what you're saying. It doesn't matter what form the mantra takes, whether it's MC yoga wrapping the mantra, or if it's, um, you know, a folk version that Jayutel brings about, you know, um, that it's still that powerful um, set of, of Sanskrit words that really can have such a healing quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also the, the fact that everybody's singing at the same time, you know, same with, um, I think, this rhythmic element of being together with other people and, breathing at the same time. That's what also happens in chanting, you know, so we're really kind of in sync with each other, you know, which doesn't happen because then we're talking. Normally we're talking mm-hmm. all the time and we're, we're having our ideas in our head and I think that's why in the film you'll see when you see it, the word free and freedom comes a lot. And I think it's this free feeling of not having to be intellectual, you know, not having to think, not having to be intellectual together, just be free together, gathered together, there's no goal involved, you know, and that's something we so rarely do today, you know. And um, it's, I don't know, it's very hard to describe, but it's such a profound, it highly has deep healing, I find. And it connects us wonderfully without words. You know, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, one of the things that we were also able to see with your trailer, and, I, and I'm going to post on the Facebook page for everyone the link to the, the trailer so you can see that, and on the website too, 
there's a list of um, a list of where the film is going to be playing. Um, as I mentioned, um, it's not in my area. Now I'm in um, I'm outside of Harrisburg, but there is a screening, or there was one in Philly. Um, but it's all over the country, mm-hmm. so I'll make sure that you get that link. Where are you? Um, what in the trailer? You say, where are you? Oh, I'm near Harrisburg. No, but uh, where are you based? Sorry. Uh huh. Oh, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Right. Um, so in and, the trailer, uh, so that, no, I'm, I'm not okay. sure if there has been a viewing there. You said there hasn't been, right? No, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Let um, me know how I can help. <laughs> thank anyway, you. yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of the things in the trailer you could see, and again, this is I'm so I'm so excited to see this myself. Is um, there's also you interview a doctor who talks about how the brain changes during meditation. And I'm wondering if you can speak mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Andrew Newberg. Um, he's quite well known for his book. It's, it's called Why, Why God Won't Go Away. So he's actually a neurological scientist who does, um, who, who, yeah, who kind of really explores like chanting or, or religious beliefs or what does that do to your brain. So he's, and he was recommended to us uh, about Dave Stringer when we were interviewing him. He, I asked, you know, any scientists that we could talk to, and he mentioned Andrew Newberg, and we went over to interview him, and he gave us this most amazing uh, interview because just just at that time he was doing experiment uh, with a group of. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that much, but because you haven't seen the film. <laughs> but anyway, he was doing he was doing an interview on a, on a group of people who were doing a specific mantra every day uh, for a few couple of months, and then really kind of also you know did the the brain scans and and saw exactly what, sees what happens, you know. So he he actually also gives um, some good uh, well scientific proof, let's say, you know, to to what chanting can do. So yeah. And we also actually filmed another scientist in India, but um, it, it, that was the, in the very beginning we, we, we found this people in Lucknow and in university, but unfortunately it wasn't, if the, the interview wasn't very clear, it was, it was hard to follow, so we, we decided not to use it in the end, but that's something that we always, saw, from the very beginning, also, also wanted to explore. And so with your, um, with this film too, you, were, you had the opportunity to get feedback from Ram Dass, um, and Deepak Chopra. Um, so for those, mm-hmm. you know, who are aware of their names, they're, they're very um, big names, I guess, in the yoga Ayurvedic um, world. Uh, and Deepak Chopra, of course, has kind of even broken past those barriers into more mainstream in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. that, how, that must have made you feel so proud of, again, like, you know, yeah. five, six years' worth of work, and then to have these amazing leaders in those communities. Um, so... Can you tell me a little bit about... Watch the, the film uh, now. <laughs> like, uh, Sorry, I didn't understand the question. Sorry. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the process of sending them the film? Did the fil- was the film already released in the United States when they saw it? Did you have a pre-screening with them? And, yeah, what was your mm-hmm. reaction upon hearing their, yeah. their wonderful uh, feedback? <laughs> Well, um, well, of course, I'm very, 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 very honoured and extremely happy and proud. Um, but, you know, not also for their feedback, also for any other emails or other people 
that that uh, right to us. But um, it was Ramdas. Uh, it was before the film came out, and one of our ex- executive producers uh, had a connection with him, and he he pushed that forward. So it was very exciting to know that he'd be watching the film. I mean, of course, it was amazing to to know that he did that. And uh, Deepak Chopra came later. That was just uh, a couple of months ago after the film had already been released. And, um, yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I also really liked uh, the other reactions. Like there was um, in Santa Monica when the film was playing there, the, in the cinema I had several runs during the day. And um, I, I went to two of those screenings there to do Q&As, but I also was a little early and I saw people coming out, you know, coming out of, the film, and it was, I could see the credits still running and some people coming out, and I was like, oh, I was just so excited to talk to them, you know, how did you like it? <laughs> it's also <laughs> surreal that this is happening, you know, and uh, yeah, there was this beautiful uh, family from India, and oh, I was so excited to know from them, you know, so I'm really interested to see how they take it, and they just loved it, and they, uh, the women that had tears in their eyes, and then I said, ah, tears in my eyes, oh. you know, so it's all... Very touching moments like that as well. You know, it's really, really beautiful. <laughs> so you've released now in the United States in March. And have you, you released in Germany yet? Or is that what's uh, coming up next month for you? That's next weekend. Next weekend, next weekend. It's starting in Germany on the 7th of June. And uh, I think it's going to like 50 different places. Like, um, you know, uh, yeah, lots of lots of towns actually, little towns as well, which I'm quite surprised. You know, <laughs> but uh, it's exciting. I'm going to go there um, for six days. I'm going to do a little North Germany tour where I'm going to do Q and A's in Hamburg and Hanover and Bremen and Kiel, places in North Germany. And Diva uh, Primal is actually going to go and do a Q and A at one of the screenings in her hometown in Nuremberg in Germany and uh, different artists, which is really nice. Um, different German artists, Kirtan artists are also going to be doing Kirtans after the screening. So when the film finishes, there'll be 20 minutes of Kirtan by different artists. And uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a great event. We, we've been doing that as well in New York when we had a release in the, in the Rubin Museum. Every, ta- every night after the, uh, the film played, we had different Kirtan artists and offering Kirtan. And it's beautiful because everybody is so in the mood for Kirtan when they've seen the film. So. <laughs> Yeah. That's fantastic. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you have a screening in um in your hometown now of Barcelona? Oh, I'm trying so hard and it's so tough for me that we haven't got it out yet because of course my yoga friends and my Kirtan community is here and everybody's asking why is it not here yet? <laughs> but it's uh yeah, it's but we're getting we're getting close. It's a lot of work, you know. First, you have to see if you can find a distributor, and the distributor doesn't want you to have had a a premiere event yet, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it's step by step everything. But we'll hopefully be happening here very soon. It's going to be super exciting for me to have it here, and also I'm really looking forward to. We have beautiful local Kirtan artists here, so I hope they're going to play after the film, and we'll have a hopefully a very beautiful event. I'm really looking forward to it. If you're interested in seeing Mantra Movie, uh, finding out where it is in your area, or if you're in the United States and you'd like to um, host a screening and be um, a movie captain for Mantra Sounds and Silence, you can visit mantramovie.com. 
Um, and you can click on U.S. release uh, for the list of locations, Germany, and then also the top of the screen you'll see a link there to host a screening in the United States and how to spread the word. Um, thank you, Georgia, so much for your time. I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you um, and this, uh, about Kirtan, about this wonderful documentary that you've brought um, to, to the yoga and bhakti yoga community. And hopefully also it just, you know, inspires um, those who are looking to, to find out more information about this very healing, um, this mm-hmm. very healing practice. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping, and I hope that many people are inspired by the film, and more people gather up and do chant evenings, you know. And uh, that's really what I hope will happen. And I think you know, many people more chant together, and I think the world might become a little more peaceful place. You know? So, <laughs> a little, ex- you know. So that's that's what I'm hoping that um, more chanting happens because it can only be good. For if more chanting happens in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Just one thing I want to add, if you're also for people who just want to see the film, and they can also log on to that same website it's, um, and see where the film is playing. And, um, yeah, that's just one thing. <laughs> Thank you. And I will once again post that link on um, my Facebook page, Yogic Living with Susan, um, but again, also you can go to um, their website and there are um, links there for you at mantramovie.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you everyone Great. for listening today uh, to the power of mantra. And I hope you all have a wonderful, beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs> you too. Thank you. <laughs>